Welcome to Becoming Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Taylor Campbell. I'm a birth and bereavement doula, as well as an adoption and surrogacy doula. Doula means woman who serves. And although I love happy births, adoptions, and surrogacy, the pro bono part of my business is in bereavement. I'm here to help you. I'm also mom of 18, yes, 18 children, with over 30 years experience in the trenches as a mom myself. We have a huge blended family, and I've also experienced the loss of our adult son. Remember, give a shout out to those brave enough to share their stories on how they have become parents. Let's dive in. Welcome to Becoming Parents. Today I have with me Amy Stone. I'm very excited. How are you, Amy? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me as a guest today. I'm super excited because we're going to talk about something in a little bit of a different way. And uh, like well, people know the title when they see it, but step parents and blended families get much needed support is what I've titled it. And so I would love for you to just jump into your story. Take us back. Okay. You got it. Once upon a time in a <laughs> land far, far away. No, um, my story in very brief is that I was a step parent before I was a parent. Um, I married someone who had been divorced and had children. And so before I had children of my own, I stepped into the role of step parent. Those kids, they were young when I met them. They're full grown adults right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was many, many, a couple decades ago, more than 20 years ago. Um, as one does when you step into a complicated family situation, I immediately, well, not immediately, but very quickly added two more kids to the family. So I have two Perfect. step kids. Right. Two kids. I have two stepkids and two kids. So my husband has four kids and I have two stepkids and two kids. I mean, it makes sense, right? If I had been in the same situation and especially if his kids were relatively young, you think, well, you don't want too much space in between them. And it's a normal progression of getting married. And so having kids of your own early on would seem like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a blended family. So I know that's not always true, but right. It's not always easy. It was definitely something that we negotiated. Right. So like we had open conversations about it. It was definitely planned. The idea was two kids. My husband is also older than I am. Um, And so it was, you know, let's do this. It was planned. Two is the max. After we had two, I had visions of, oh, well, three might be nice. My husband was like, that was the deal. We're done. Because we had teenagers and very small children. And, you know, and so that way it was, I wasn't upset about it or anything. It just happens to be a funny story. I was like, well, how about one more? And he was like, no. And called his dad, made an appointment for a vasectomy and then called his dad to like drive him to the appointment. It was like, no, we're done. (laughs) I mean, good for him for sticking to his guns when you know you're done, you're done. And he his experience was different. I, I'm let me know, please, if there's something that you aren't able to talk about. But I've been in step parent role and it those can be challenging. It's challenging with the with the mom mm-hmm. and it's challenging to find your place and how you fit disciplines challenging feeling like yeah. odd man out take me through some of that when you guys got married because i mean it took you a little bit at least to have that first baby so what was it like in the beginning so in the beginning all of the things you said are absolutely true um blended families can be very complicated communication can be very complicated 
and um, and it can present unique. I, I shouldn't use the word unique because one of the reasons I, I'm trying to be so vocal about this is that blended families are really common. And yeah. support for blended families is not as common. And so talking about it, you know, talking about it openly is really important because if you're in a spot where you are struggling with one of those things, it can feel extremely isolating. And there is stigma still about many of the situations that can sometimes lead to blended families. So I've I've always had a pretty good relationship with everybody in the family. I'm very lucky and very privileged that there's not any sort of extreme crisis conflict within our blended family. And my parents were divorced. So part of the reason that we didn't have um, a lot of conflict between me and my husband's ex is because I had some concept of the ground rules coming in and some awareness of that in the separation. So one of the early stories before I was even married um, is that we, I was a girlfriend. I This was me butting into a place where I had no business being. Like I know that. And I knew it then. I was just a kid. I was the girlfriend. I had no business. They had a custody agreement and it was alternating weekends with no holidays called out in the agreement. Um, and so Mother's Day was falling on what would have been my husband's weekend. And so I heard him talking about it and they were beginning to squabble about the fact that Mother's Day should be his weekend. And I just said, I was like, no, come on. It's Mother's Day. Let her be with her kids. Like, that's nuts. And in my very political, diplomatic way, as you can tell, and my boyfriend at the time was like, listen, you're not involved in this and this is none of your business. And he was right. But then he did pick up the phone and call his ex and say, my girlfriend thinks that I should do this and let you have them for the weekend for Mother's Day. And she was thankful for that. And it set up, I think, a part of the concept of like, I was you know, if I was going to be here, I was going to be part of everybody's team. It wasn't me versus her. Um, and I think that that was a helpful element. The me versus her thing. I, I don't know what it's like for men. I can't speak to that. But I know, you know, in our situation, we had both been divorced. And um, it was definitely, it definitely seems like you're this interloper coming in. Yeah. I think a lot of women have fear of, that their kids are going to like this new woman and is there enough room for both people, both women in their lives? Or, you know, I, I always wanted my ex-husband to marry somebody wonderful who loved my kids. So when they right. were there, um, they were with somebody wonderful who loved my kids that I could talk to. He ended up, he never remarried, but he dated a couple people serious, seriously, and it wasn't the case. And I just said to him once, I want you to be married and be happy, and I want it to be somebody who loves our kids as much as we love our kids to whatever extent they can. And so you're going to have to really feel out if that's a relationship yes. that you're in because it it wasn't. And there's like all the the evil stepmom, the redheaded yes. stepchild, the all these stigmas that you're fighting. And then sometimes if you do love them, like I love my stepkids. I don't think of them as stepkids. I love them like my own. I mean, it's it's been, you know, a decade, but I love them like my own. And that's a threat. So right. like you you can't win, right? No, right. And it's not really a competition. Like that's no. one of the things like, you know, to remember that there's no 
There's nobody ever stands up and says, here's your gold star for doing a great job, right? You've got to do, I wish there was, like, wouldn't it be great if somebody was like, here's your award for doing this parenting gig great and being a nice step parent, but there never is. And I remind myself of that all the time because we've got to do the things that give us that feeling ourselves, right? Um, you know, and it sounds like you and I are very lucky that we both have relationships with our stepkids. There are plenty of people who do not get along yeah. with their stepkids, and that is a reality. Um, there's lots of people who don't like a relationship with the previous partners. And it's so the words I like to use with that part of it, with the exes and the previous partners, tends to be honor and respect, right? You don't have to like them. You don't have to like all the people you're related to by blood. Like there are lots Amen. of families where you're like, oh my God, you know, Uncle John is like totally a jerk, right? Um, and so it's okay to not like want to be besties with these people. But in most cases, I would say all because I don't know of any situations where this is not true. If you marry someone who has children from a previous relationship, that person is a part of your future in some extent, even if they die that person is still those people's parents and they're a part of your life. And so honoring and respecting the fact that they exist mm -hmm. and they are a part of this extended family, I think is a helpful mindset because if you have a piece of you, that's like, oh, everything would be great if this person didn't exist, that's setting you up for something that's just not possible. And so that's the, so I say honor and respect, you know, like I, may not like everything you do. I may not want to invite you out for coffee, but honor definitely not. Definitely. I would have right. loved that. I would have preferred to have really gotten along. Yeah. You know, I, I would have preferred that if we could have just texted because we're both doing the rides or whatever. And that was not the case in either direction. Um, you, I want to, I want to jump in now. Usually I save this for the end, but you coach people who are going through this. And so my questions to you might be, seem slightly different, but please jump in with your coaching and, and your experience too. Um, there's a lot of friction sometimes with the, like if I'm, if I'm marrying in and he has an ex and how they're doing things seems so disjointed or, or not in the best interest of the kids or, like we both had exes and kids. We came in both with blended families. And so I know that there can be a lot of friction with how the new, the, your spouse is reacting to the ex spouse in the situation. And there can be a lot of friction. And it's, so I want, I really want to know, I felt like it wasn't my place. Like right. we had conversations about how he did things and how I did things. Um, however, I stayed in my lane. Right. And sometimes it's hard to know where the lanes are. Right. So yeah. I think I've been in many of these spots, right? Like first of all, it's normal to not agree with other people about how they parent. And sometimes those people are in your family, right? Sometimes this happens. Um, we're ta I'm talking about a blended family. I've got a blended family. You've got a blended family. This happens right. in families where there's just a mom and dad and kids. You don't always agree, you know, and the issues can be big and they can be small, right? Like what, when do we serve our baby's solid food? That's not going to be a huge issue. How we handle when our teenagers get in trouble, we may not always agree what to do when Johnny flunks chemistry, you know, that's often a different level of thing. Um, then there, so this is, I just offer that as 
we can scapegoat the family construct if we're not careful and say we're experiencing this because we are a blended family. And this particular thing where people have different parenting styles does happen in all groups, right? Yeah. So is it easy? No, no, definitely not. And figuring out where your lane is, is, um, is more like sometimes walking across a minefield and, you know, cause it's hard to know a lot of these lanes are not clearly defined their family culture that was set up when you weren't around. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, your partner and their then partner and the kids set up a routine and they got to know each other. And this was part of their culture. And this is how they did things, you know, Oh, we do timeouts on the bench in the hallway. Right. And you come in and you've got maybe a different idea or a different philosophy. And you were ahead of me because you already had kids. I was just clueless. I just didn't know what was normal for kids when I started. Mm. I had some really, really not helpful expectations that they would like, you know, eat everything you set out in front of them, (laughs) sleep in in the mornings and be quiet, you know, and follow instructions the first time you told them. Um, And I just didn't know. I just didn't know. So, for me, the process was, you know, like learning a little bit, um, being schooled. And then, you know, what you did, it's like you have a conversation, right? Yeah. And what, how the conversation goes depends on what it is, right? So one of the ways this, one of the very common places this collides, and we had this collision in my family, which is why I'll use this, is about cleaning the house, right? So my yeah. stepkids were young. And, um, I didn't have kids and I was not ready for the volume of mess that comes with living with children. And, um, I did not feel like, cause the common advice I had, I was literally advised, don't get involved. Don't do it. Let the parent parent. Right. But my partner was more acclimated to the level of mess than I was. Um, and we did shift this because later when I got kids, I got very acclimated. But so I stayed quiet and miserable for a while because I was like, this is not my place. And then eventually I was like, dude, I I need less toys on the floor. Like we have to have a, an agreement because this is where I live, right? Um, and so it's a little bit of a transition, like working with people, figuring out where the lanes are, which... I wish I could tell you is more obvious than it is. And then setting up guidelines for whose job it's going to be. And I, I think it's helpful to go into this with the idea that it's not always going to be the same, right? So right. if you're talking about laundry, it might be something different than curfew or noise or so on and so forth. And, and it's just going to be different um, for everybody and giving yourself space to make that because it's kind of in many ways we'll see if this makes sense to you having been through it you're dealing with yours mine and ours and you're going through the process of identifying what are your traditions and your rules and identity and responsibility what are mine and then what are ours what are we creating that's for this house Mm -hmm. and the kids will know it like i think it's fine this is my own opinion and not everybody agrees it does not have to be the same at everybody's house. Kids from a very right. young age can understand that the rules over there are not the same as they are here. That doesn't mean they're not going to push it, but it does. They're going to figure it out. Grandma gives extra desserts and we don't. The kids are always going to ask for extra desserts, but they honor that, you know, that's a treat you get to grandma's house, you know. 
I agree. And I love that you say, you know, traditions. I think when I know for me, you know, I set things up in my family dynamic the way I wanted them, the way they made sense with the things that were important to me, my values. And right. so when you blend families, you're like, law, here's this wonderful situation that <laughs> I just walked into. And nope. That's so true. That's right? so true. Because it yeah. worked. Everything I did was working for me. Blending the, even just traditions, like you just talked about holiday traditions, you know, he used to let the kids, well, he let the kids open a present on Christmas Eve where my kids got right. a new pair of pajamas and an ornament, a new ornament every exactly. Christmas Eve, right? And so, I mean, that's the stupidest thing ever. Okay. So they're going to open their pajamas, their ornament and one gift, right? But right. in that moment, that sounds super logical. In that moment, it didn't feel easy. Even just something right? that simple. No. And you have oh, to 100%. realize. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What we watch on TV, where we sit on the couch, all of these things can be like oh traditions, gosh, yeah. you know, right. that you're carrying forward. And, and you, and I, so maybe twice a day, sometimes more people will say, I know this is a little thing. Like, I don't know why it feels so big. And I almost always come back and I'm like, no, I honor that it's a very big thing. This thing that is bothering you right now is not right. a little thing, but you know, and the fact that it feels big, the fact that it feels hard is it doesn't matter if you're talking about, you know, pajamas on Christmas Eve or a present or, you know, what time we eat breakfast or what yeah. the kids put in their lunchbox. I mean, all of it is important. And, um, and so it's like, you know, honoring it and it can really, holidays can be really complicated. Um, and the it's, but it, it can also be wonderful. I'm very impressed that pe with people who manage to do the holiday pajamas, the matching holiday pajamas, I've had kids in the house for a very, very long time, and I never do it early enough to be able to find pajamas in everybody's sizes. I just am very impressed by this. <laughs> we we let go of the magic. Well, anyway, that's a totally different story. But um, it, it's just, it is, it, they are things that like in hindsight seem small or really like why, why is my level level of upset like way up here over this thing? You know, it's a, it's that you're a, person, a human being, still creating your own story, helping your kids, having these other kids. And then can we discuss the fact that not all kids want you there? Yeah. No, not all kids want you then there. Then there's the kids and, on top of it. Yeah, exactly. And when we talk about like every family is different and the age of the kids dramatically changes everything. Um, so I don't, you may know this, but you know, the largest, the fastest group of, the, of growing the age group that I'm stumbling over my words, the age group that's getting the most divorces right now are the um, people who are over the age of 50. So oh. they call these gray or silver divorces, right? But these are people who have basically raised their families and then they are splitting up. And who knows if this will stick for a long time or whatever. But if you then recouple after that, if you get into a new relationship um, after a divorce then, or somebody has been widowed at that point, those kids are grown, right? Yeah. Those kids are totally grown. And the issues are going to be completely different than if you're in a family like mine, where I stepped in and the kids were pretty young. I had um, a conversation with a friend of mine. This is not a coaching conversation. Like it was a friend conversation with a friend of mine who I was talking to after the holidays a couple of years ago. And his dad has gotten remarried. His mom had passed away. He's older than I am. 
And he was stumbling over this story talking about what he'd done over the holidays because he was like, all right, so this person, I, I, she, my stepmom, my dad's new wife. And she, he was stumbling over it. And I said, wait a minute, who is this person? He told me his mom had died. His dad, several years later, had gotten remarried. He's like, I don't know. Do I call her my stepmom? And I was like, have you talked to anybody about this? I was like, you're an adult. I don't think that you, you've got a mom. You had a full mom experience. I don't know that she's sitting in the apartment waiting for you to call her stepmom. But, you know, here's the thing. You could just ask, like the, you could just call yeah. this person by her name. You could call her your dad's wife. Like there's no rule. And he, he laughed and he's like, why does that feel so hard? And I was like, you know, it, words have power and importance. And so it's worth having the conversation which is a weird conversation maybe to start, but a good conversation to have like, Hey, what do you want me to call you? Yeah. You wouldn't no have that kidding. conversation with like a four-year-old, but you would with a 50 year old. Yeah. Yeah. Very. It is. It is very different depending on the ages. And I just, it's interesting that, you know, I want to go back to, cause now I'm all over the place. I want to go back to the things different in, in each house. Inevitably, they're not going to be the same. I mean, I can't even, right. I'm, I'm looking at all the situations that I've experienced and like, I wouldn't have even expected them to be the same, nor would that have been beneficial for the kids because I, I've, I told my kids, if there's not neglect or abuse happening, the parenting style, I'm not getting involved. I'm not getting it. Right. There's, there's not a right and a wrong. I'm not right. And your dad is wrong. As long as there's no abuse happening and it's just different. And so kids get used to it being different, but it can be, I know my kids are almost all adults and the ones that were from the divorce are all adults. And they said it was hard to go back and forth. It was it's hard, very hard transition for them, even though they know the rules are different at both places. They knew where they could get away with more, whose house they could sneak yep. out of easier, who was yes. like, <laughs> who has the better food, who better, right. who's. My kids, my stepkids used to like, they, we never lived very far apart. And when they could drive, they would come over and be like, I always know that you've got this in the fridge. Right. You know, so they were coming over for snacks, right? right. <laughs> Mom's on a diet. Yes. I'm coming to your house, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and that's a totally normal thing. I loved that. I loved when the kids came by, not on my time because they needed something or they wanted something, right. even if it was just really brief, it meant a lot that for them, there was safety and a certain way we did things in this home. And, you know, the same holds true in the other direction. I mean, like my ex-husband yes. had way more junk food and they could sneak yeah. out of the window. He never knew, but I knew like they <laughs> knew they could not sneak out of my house, right. but I cooked every night. Right. You know, like no. there's no yeah. right or wrong about it. You just, and I think as the step parent, when you're coming into that, you need to let an awful lot of things go. Which is really hard. Really hard. Can be really, really hard. And right. the that that general concept of there's not a right or wrong can sometimes feel really violating. Um, and the aware the coaching perspective of this is the awareness of the fact that you don't actually have any control over what the other person does, right? And that can be really, really hard. It can be really, really hard. But like you're saying, you know, you draw your line, you draw your boundary, whatever it might be. And then you are trusting that the rest of the stuff is happening. And one of the things that can really complicate this is 
if there are issues of trust or resentment, you know, bubbling under the surface, that does make it much harder, right? Um, and it's, it is very, very hard to get over the fact that it's like, I want it to be this way everywhere. And yeah. it's not going to be because there's another house and other people. And maybe the differences will be small. Maybe they'll be big. Like you said, you're not going to know all of the differences. Like we're just not going to know. And maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, and it is hard. It is challenging for the children to have more than one place they live. The same, this is not at all the same, but similar to how it is hard to uproot yourself and go stay in a hotel, right? You have your home and you have a place that is not quite your home. And kids are setting up a place where they have two homes. And most of the families I work with, when the kids get to be, and you let me know if this mirrors in your family, when the kids get to adolescence, they often favor one sort of place to put their stuff and yep. to to do that stuff. And they become like, I, you know, I love you, but I don't necessarily want to spend all of these overnights with you because my cool stuff is at the other house. And that can be a challenge. It's definitely something my husband went through as a challenge. And I spoke up and I said, hey, when I was a teenager, I did not want to go to the other house anymore. I just, I didn't. It didn't actually even mean that I had any opinion about the other person, right? I just right. didn't want to be there. Right. Yeah. I've had that happen in both directions. You know, kids that wanted to only stay with me and kids that wanted to only stay with him. And we made, well, part of it is what's what's in your court paperwork too, but we also kind of right. had an agreement that we weren't going to allow um, them to play both ends against the middle. And that that right, can which sometimes- they will all try. Be, they will all try, um, which- and that I had to be super, super organized. So you have the backpack, the shoes, the jacket, the stuff that has to go back and forth yes. with kids, right? So you have to be really organized. And the kids maybe went to his house after school on the day that they changed. Yes. And I would follow up by dropping off these things. And so you have to realize that your your level of responsibility or organization is different because you can't just be like, find your shoes in the one house. Right. You, you really, your, your parental level of responsibility really does change and you're dropping things off or driving things places or doing things. We made a decision to help each other with rides to things, which was great. We right. worked pretty well together in a tough situation and, um, I was very organized and he wasn't so often I would drive to the house and the kids would have to go back in and like find stuff and you have to just let that stuff go. Your level of re responsibility right. and organization are different. And, but we made an agreement that until the kids were 18 and graduated, they would not be able to choose because I never wanted to enter in that both ends the middle. And so I, I had kids come to me and say, I want to stay just with you. And I said, oh, this isn't just because you, someone else wanted to stay with your dad. The answer is no. The answer is no, because right. You, I need to push you to maintain a healthy relationship with your dad. And doing that is not right. you're, you're making an adolescent decision. And I think it's something you might regret. And it's not because it doesn't matter which house you're choosing. My answer is the same. And that was hard yeah. because I wanted them to pick me and live with me and not have to go back. And it forth. is hard. That, that right? is, that is really, that is interesting. One of the things like, so even no matter how organized you are, 
There are going right. to be times where the right thing is not in the right house. No. Um, and sometimes that's where this comparison and judgment will show up. Like people will be like, well, we do it this way and I always have the uniforms or I always have the shoes and that's a problem of the other person. And that, that to me is like not always true. Like we were fairly organized, but it's this weird thing with kids that it seems like they are the same small kids. They're like the sm everything fits everything fits and then like from one night to the other nothing fits like it's the weirdest thing if i had not lived through it four different times i wouldn't believe it but it's like you don't need clothes or shoes and then the kid comes out and they're like i can't close my pants and you're like what happened like they fit yesterday so we early on i've and this is even more complicated the further you are right distance wise yeah. but we definitely as organized as we tried to be there was a morning where we woke up and we had no uniforms that fit anybody and it was not that anybody did anything wrong we were just like totally caught with you know the unawares and we had to hustle and work together and run to the other house and get the things and yep. get it to work together and the only reason I share that story is that if you, like you were saying, there's no right or wrong. And if you can open your heart and be like, this is the whole family. And you know what, right now we just need some uniforms that fit. Like, are they going to come from grandma's house or target or where do we need to go to get this so that people go to school on time and, and work together. And I think that that's, that's, that's the way, that's the way people try and do it, but I'm not going to say that it always works out that way. Yeah, I just I think you have to kind of give each other a lot of grace and realize yeah. that it's I guess for me it's not worth getting frustrated that that you have to sometimes scramble and do those things. It's not about anybody's right. parenting or even about the kids like not remembering cuz trust me, they're not going to remember no matter they how don't few remember. houses they're in, right? And that's no, what I mean. Exactly. You're it's very stressful. Your level of responsibility is just different. Your level of driving yes. around, your level of being accommodating, um, it's just different. And and it may not ever feel easy. I just always felt I, like it was yes. worth it. I just, I just have this, I have an article like bouncing around in my head, which is like, when does it get easy? And I'm like, that's not a helpful question because it just shifts, right? Like, so when you figure out how to get through, you know, fourth grade math, you go into fifth grade and it's a new textbook and a new classes and new extra after school curriculums and new uniforms and all of those things. So it's like a moving target with like 25 different components that are constantly changing. And it's like the second you figure one thing out, you know, you've got a teenager who walks in and is like, oh, I'm pescatarian. Welcome to the next challenge. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Obviously that just triggered a, rem a reminder to me. Yes. I decided I'm going to be vegetarian and I was like, cool, 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 cool. So I'm not cooking a separate <laughs> meal. So right. if you're old enough to make the decision to be vegetarian, then you're old enough to take responsibility of figuring out how this works. But it's my job as your parent to make sure that you're eating healthy. So you're going to have to run that by me. I'm also not increasing the the budget. Like I'm happy to work right. this much within this, but I'm not going to completely blow our grocery budget because you just suddenly made this choice, right? So exactly. Yeah. So I went through the whole vegetarian phase. I, it's just, I, And I was just like, yeah, I'm cooking what I cook and you're going to have to be responsible for helping work this out. So there's lots of canned beans in the pantry 
and exactly like, like there's Cheerios if you'd like. <laughs> pretty uh, sure they're yeah. vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I heard really... that Oreos are vegetarian. <laughs> Thank goodness. I mean. Yes, there's all kinds of things that kind of sideline you where you're like, are you kidding me right now? Like I wasn't, there wasn't already enough going on. I right. really felt like the kids were so worth it. And yeah. it was a massive hassle. It was, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Blending families is the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, And yeah. I know for a lot of people, like for me, I thought my ex is a person at one point I love more than anything, enough to marry him to have kids that's right and then things went sideways and they went sideways enough that we couldn't put them back together and stay together legitimately 20 years later i would not have i do not know how we could have saved that marriage and then yet you they don't go away divorce isn't the answer it's like away. i don't have to deal with them no you have to deal with them in a totally different light and sometimes you are bringing the baggage of how much you don't like them or the the how the relationship ended um your hurt and your frustration with them into the situation and it's really it's it can be challenging to navigate and i always thought if I just remember that at one point I loved him enough to have these kids, so I need to respect him enough to parent them. Yeah, that, that was not easy. Yeah, yeah, no, and that that awareness of the fact that there was a relationship that at one point it, there was a lot of love, yep. you made a family together. I think is really helpful. Um, a long time ago, when I was early in this relationship, somebody asked me why I didn't ever, you know, like, I, I don't have bad things to say about my husband's ex-wife. And that's on purpose. I don't agree with everything she does. She's just an, another human being. Like, we're not best friends. But I don't, I, I, it's on purpose. My husband loved her. They had a family together. That was a giant chunk of their life together. And I very quickly realized, and there were struggles. I had a lot of strong opinions about this in the beginning. I learned very quickly not to take those to my husband, right? Because this is his ex-wife. Like I did not like the, it, it doesn't belong there. Like, it's kind of like insulting somebody's mother. They can say bad things about them, but not me. Right. Right. Like, so the thoughts and feelings that I had about my husband's ex-wife, I kept those off to the side. Those were for me to deal with and me to think about. And I, it d was not helpful for me to bring them up with my new partner. And it's a weird thing. And not everybody, I'm not saying that's how everybody will handle it. Cause some people have, um, relationships where they will talk about it. And there are times where my husband will complain about his ex and I'll be like, I agree, you know, or whatever. Right. Like, and then I will very quietly be like, I, I agree. feel you, but hard. that's it. That's the end of my participant. Right. Exactly. That's the end of my thing. And then if I've got more, I take it up with my life coach, my girlfriends, my journal, my therapist, right. like, you know, because me compounding, there's a reason they got divorced. Right. I don't need confirmation of those reasons to come also for me. I don't need to throw fuel under that fire. I keep that off to the side for myself. I think that that's super important. And I mean, I know that there have been a lot of times where in both directions, right? Like his ex would do something or my ex would do something. And so my ex would do something and he'd just be like, so how are you going to handle that? You know, like, right. <laughs> what are you thinking moving forward? Okay. Like, you know, you, you literally right. are like choking it down 
because your job isn't to hammer. Like I would do this and I can't believe you're doing that. And why don't you say this? It is. And I'm not saying that either one of us did it perfectly. I, I remember looking at my husband once and saying, we parented very similarly and our uh, how we were doing it and that part was really easy and i'm like it's amazing that we both married somebody that we've struggled so much with and how you talk to her drives me crazy and how you handle it and how i talk to my ex and handle it drives you crazy and yet we're parenting the same like the the, the right. finish line is the same our goals are the same and we're handling it the same with our exes but it bugs each other Right. Like he, he's handling it with his ex exactly how I would handle it with mine. And it drives me nuts. And, <laughs> you know, we just had to recognize that the the finish line, you know, like raising happy, healthy kids that we loved and having as little conflict as possible. I kind of want to wrap up a little bit. And I, this is, so one of my stepkids, one of my husband's sons, and you know, with kids, like you don't have favorites, but you definitely connect with some kids sure. much more. Like I, I love this kid. He's the most like his dad. He is like, I don't have favorites, but I really, he's so effortless for me, just like his dad is. And one time I said, you know, how did you guys handle everything when we came together? And he's like, I've had a great relationship with you because I thought of you as a teacher that I really liked. Oh, very nice. So you have, and I thought, wow, if I had thought of that before, I would have presented my way myself more that way. Like you're not a step mom. I'm not taking the place of anything. I'm That's not, right. I'm not a mom at all to these kids and discipline only happens if I'm the only one there and something has to happen right now right. where they're asking. And I'm the only, like, I am not their disciplinarian. I am not their parent. And he's like, yeah, I have teachers that I have absolutely just loved that I've been close to. And you were just like those teachers that I've been close to. And then I could listen to everything that you said, because you're just right. a teacher that I love. Yeah. How old was he when you met him? 14. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so sense. older, that makes sense. but yeah, even that makes sense because it is when they're younger. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a wonderful thing. Some people, sometimes people use the word aunt or like a friend of the family. Um, and there are people in blended families where for a variety of reasons, there is no other parent. So you'll be a full-time step parent, but they're, even though you have all the, and that is a, a, a tough identity to take because even though you are then the full-time person in that role there's nobody else there there is still a shadow of the other person the mom is still you're still not the mom and it, it, that is a challenging identity to step into but um you know honor being able to honor that that it's like my place is not actually as your mom I am another role and I'm going to be the person that you need me to be and one of the things that I think is really helpful with that is just looking at our own lives and thinking about all the adults Mm -hmm. that shaped mm -hmm. us, right? So it's not just ever our parents, right? It's then, you know, cranky lady that lives down the street that yells at you when you walk on her grass. It's the teachers you liked and you didn't like the principals, the coaches you had, the, you know, the, you know, doctors, whoever it is, depending on the family, this just universe, the village, I guess is what it is. It's the village that it takes to raise up a young human being and a step parent, somebody stepping into the family is another one of those roles. And I think that my, you know, and I have a different relationship with each of my stepkids and, and they're, you know, just because they're different people. I think they both know that, you know, I would 
jump in front of a moving bus for them, even though they're adults and hopefully they would be avoiding it now. There are times we didn't get along for both of them. You know, there are times that my kids and I don't get along. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way it goes, right? But we're committed to it and we love each other. And, and that's what makes it work its way through. And um, and there are, there are sometimes things that get in the way of stuff like that happening. But generally, I think that's the goal. And the words can get tricky and complicated. Um, but the if the love is there and you're operating from love, I think most of us find our way through. We muddle through. Amy, thank you so much for coming and sharing and sharing all of your coaching. People have all of your information in the description. They can get a hold of you because this is something that is such a, a need for people that are struggling and don't want to have another divorce or another failed relationship. Right. And so or they I just want to feel happier. Thank you so much. Yeah. You're very welcome. This was a great conversation. I love getting to know you today.